Welcome to Don't Hold Back Podcast with your host, Ichko Batmonk, founder of Don't Hold Back and a professional life and mindset coach. She's sharing transformational coaching journeys. We have thoughts, feelings, and emotions, but we are not our thoughts, feelings, or emotions. Are you curious about exploring and experiencing how you can unleash your full potential and passion? It all starts with you, and you are meant to live the life you desire. The purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to a coaching journey and what is available for you. Hope you get inspired and take action accordingly. Hello, everyone. It's Ichiko Batmung. You guys are listening to Don't Hold Back podcast. I'm so excited to have one and only Jen Hiber. Her name is kind of a little difficult at the last name. I'm going to ask her to correct me if I say it wrong. So I'm so excited to have her. She's an amazing girl and she does podcasts and she's so into this leadership and also like personal development. That's how we actually connected. And that's one of the reasons why I actually invited her on my podcast. So I'm so excited to have her and welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for having me on. And you did a great job on my last name. It's Rebar. So you are very, very close. Thank Thank you you. so much. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Of course. I'm so excited to have you. Okay. So tell us about who you are and how you get into this leadership. Absolutely. Who I am, who someone is, is such a big question. But um, I'm a mom, first and foremost, I think. I started off my journey as a mom very young. And um, I was married at 17. And I was a mom at 20. And when I became a mom, I felt like I found my calling in life. But being so young, I think you think you have to know everything from the beginning. And then when you find what you enjoy, you think you have it all figured out. But as you go on, you realize you don't know anything. So as I figured out that being a mom wasn't all about me, it was actually about the little people that I was, you know, developing and encouraging, I had to figure out who I was. And Mm -hmm. I moved forward in life. I got divorced. I um, began my career, which went into all different industries and all different aspects, ultimately ending in operations and which I love and I'm amazing at. I like that I get to wear different hats and I get to kind of work behind the scenes and be the wizard behind the magic curtain. I ultimately realized in December of 2019 that while I had these amazing children and while I had this job that I really liked and coworkers that I enjoyed, ultimately I was still really restless and I wasn't quite happy with what I was doing. And so I was reading all these personal development books and I was trying every which way to find that happiness I was looking for, trying to find the way I could make a difference in the world, how I could be that mom that my kids looked up to, how I could be that person that I wanted to be. And in December of 2019, as 2020 was was creeping up on me, now I graduated in the year 2000. And as being a graduate of 2000, my daughter is actually 18. And so she was coming upon graduation, or she will be this year. And I kept thinking, 
when I graduated in 2000, what were my dreams? What were my goals? Who did I think I was going to be in 2020? And I realized it wasn't who I thought I, I wasn't where I thought I would be other than the fact that I had these amazing children. So I really started evaluating where I was in my life and what steps I needed to take to get there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it started with my attitude because I didn't always have the most positive of attitudes, a lot of negative things that happened in my life. And I had just decided that that's the way it was for me, mm -hmm. which isn't the most healthy. And um, so I started to change things. And it kind of started out as a New Year's resolution, but um, it really changed. So I spent the first half or first quarter of 2020 eating healthy, thinking positive, doing all these positive habits. And once COVID hit, then um, I was already kind of doing all of these things. So I just kept continuing them. And that's where um, I started a podcast with my daughter. And it all was about leadership. We started interviewing other leaders because part of my personal development was surrounding myself with people who I admired, people who I wanted to be like, people who had these attitudes that I wanted to admire mm. or that I did admire that I wanted to I wanted to be around so that I could embody. That was in, we, we planned it for a few months because we did not know anything about podcasting. So we took some courses online. We read a lot of books. And in June, we started of June of 2020. And we put out 26 episodes. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of le lessons learned. We interviewed a ton of leaders, everyone from small business owners to huge CEOs who have done just incredible things, people who have gotten no college, people who have gone to Ivy League schools. And the lessons that we learned were incredible, but the biggest thing that we were able to continue through all that was for ourselves, this, this passion for leadership and this, it blew our minds wide open to see all these different paths you can take to achieve your dreams. And for us, it's been incredible. My, I still work my day job in operations, which I love. And I found a renewed sense of passion and energy for that. Mm -hmm. um, we have our amazing podcast that we do together. And every week we interview a fantastic leader about what they're passionate about and how their journey got them to where they are. Mm -hmm. And then we also work with this amazing health and wellness company about, um, which is all about lowering stress and integrating, um, stress reduction into your life, which is something that we're also passionate about. So that's kind of where uh, leadership has kind of intersected into our lives and where we're at now. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. So it really got me thinking, you know, I think uh, I love that, you know, you, it sounds like you really want to change and you, you know, that's when you start reading a books, right. About the self-help book, you were just kind of like thinking back about yourself. Like, like, who do I want to be? Like when I graduated college and looking back and you still weren't sure about it and you didn't even know. And you realize that you want to be a leader and because you have a daughter, you want to be a role model, right? I love that because I totally get it because I think a lot of us kind of like in a way get lost like 
for some reason, you know, when in, in our life and we forgot who we are, we forgot what we want. We don't know still what we want. All we know is like we know how to, like how to pay the, pay the bill and mm-hmm. just trying to survive, you know, and just trying to go in through the life and forget about our desire and passion. And, and I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's easy, but I think it's anything, you know, anything is doable if that's what you wanted. Right. But -hmm. oftentimes we're kind of like focusing on like just trying to pay the bill and just trying to survive. And it's kind of painful because like, that's exactly where I was just two years ago. I just like, all I want to say, I want to, I want money. I want to be (laughs) able to afford everything I want. Um, but then, you know, I could literally just, you know, like I was an accountant and like, I'm going to be a CPA. I'm going to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be possible. Let's just do that. But like literally like one day I wake up, I just couldn't really see myself doing the rest of my life because it's, you know, it's great, but like, it's, it's not my passion. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's really even how I got into also personal development, you, you know, and learning about myself, who I am. And you mentioned about this, you know, you really want to hang out with the people who are already a leader. And that's something you like desire, right? And I love that because I can tell you, like, I totally get where you're coming from. Because like, you know, if you're hanging out with the people who you don't like, or like they have this bad attitude about life, Mm -hmm. about themselves, you know, always talk behind you and or, you know, always be negative. It's just really draining right it's just so hard to be like you know it's hard to be like trying to be positive when the people are who are very negative so I love that and that's really how I also got a lot of friends also too doing what I do because coaches we are such an amazing understanding human being and I also love to be surrounded by people who are like-minded yeah yeah it's, it's a really big deal. I came from a traumatic childhood, which was just filled with drugs and alcohol and a party atmosphere. And when you grow up in it, it's normal. And so even when you get out of it, it you tend to find relationships that are similar because you're codependent. And yeah. even if you're not a person who drinks heavily or, or does drugs, those people tend to find you and you tend to find them. And it's hard to get out of that. And until you start getting healthy yourself and seeking out healthy relationships and learning how to build relationships that are healthy, you're not going to be able to fight in a healthy way because you don't know what that's like. (laughs) And you don't know what it's like to communicate in a healthy way. And once you start doing that, the world opens up for you and relationships are so different. And it's such um, a a different world for you. And it's so much more safe and it's so much more healing for your spirit. Yeah. So, you know, isn't that interesting? Like you mentioned about like, you know, uh, like attracts like, right? I mean, no matter who you are, you, you, if you're just trying to change, but you're still going to attract the same people, you know, unless you literally just, okay, I'm, I'm done. And, you know, I'm going to change my life and you're just going to ask for seeking for support. And I love that. So it's very important. You no, know, it's hard to be just also doing everything alone. It's really challenging. But Can I ask you, like, before you get into this leadership, right, and tell us about, like, what was, what was it like 
you know, be Jen and living, because you mentioned about this, you know, the drug and mm-hmm. it's like a very toxic, you know, relationship. And yeah, tell us about that a little bit. So growing up, I, like a lot of people, I was, I was born to a teenage mom. Um, she had great parents, but they were ill-equipped. Um, and they had a lot of kids and she was the youngest. So by the time that she had a baby, they didn't know what to do. And they took me in, which was good and bad. My mom wasn't terribly present. My dad wasn't terribly present. I was very lucky to have different family members in and out, but that wasn't a lot of stability. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of healthy relationships that were modeled for me as a child. That caused me to grow up with a lot of abandonment issues, a lot of trust issues. Mm -hmm. I was also the oldest. So I grew up super responsible. And you had mentioned before, you know, alone, when you do things alone, I grew up just learning how to take care of myself. It's not the healthiest of behaviors when you're trying to build relationships with people. You're very self-reliant, but when it comes to relationships, it's a little bit more difficult. It was also because I was raised more by my grandparents who came from a different generation, I also had a different understanding of what I was capable of as a woman. Mm. As a woman, you, the best thing for you is to get married to a great man who's going to take care of you and you can have babies and have a wonderful house. And isn't that going to be great for you? So when I was 17 and had health issues and I was presented with an acceptance letter to college or a wonderful man who wanted to marry me, Mm -hmm. I I went towards marriage because I was a very practical 17 year old girl Mm. and I had a best friend that I could marry or I had a dorm that I could move to with migraines and endometriosis. Mm. And one was a safer option because I had a friend and a family of of support. Mm -hmm. And luckily I went that way because I had my amazing children and I had a 10 year marriage and I ended up having a hysterectomy at 23. So, you know, we, we make the choices we do in life and they're not always the healthiest in the long term, but we, we make the choices we do and, and you go with them. And I think that, we can't say they're bad choices. I think it was right for me at the time. Yeah. And um, all of that being said, being a mom is what I was made for. And I think it was the proper training for me mm-hmm. because being a caretaker and being a teacher and being a leader is in my blood and in my structure. Mm-hmm. And I do have chronic health issues. I struggled with endometriosis from the time I was 13. I've had migraines since the time I was 12. Mm. And my marriage and my first husband and my family and his family, um, my grandparents and his family provided me a safety net during that time. Mm. Ultimately, the marriage didn't work out. We're very different people, but we've been amazing co-parents to our kids. So, you know, it is what it is. But after that, after that marriage, when I went into the working world, I was ill-equipped. 
I didn't know how to find friends because I went from dysfunctional family to my little bubble of my marriage Mm -hmm. out into the world. Mm -hmm. I had no chance to find myself or find healthy relationships. Counseling was definitely something that was helpful. Therapy, mental health issues. I Chronic illness wears on your mental health. Childhood trauma wears on your mental health. You have to get help to heal those wounds. Um, I only did so sporadically until later in life. The earlier you get it, the better. Um, So I learned a lot of hard lessons. And again, a lot of the focus that I was taught that inner training was on finding a man. So I dated. I shouldn't have. (laughs) I didn't learn until now. I stopped dating in December of 2019. I decided to focus on me and my career Mm -hmm. and my kids. And um, that's something I probably should have done in my 20s. And um, most people probably do do earlier in life. And uh, I didn't do that. So um, it's just those training things that I think some people maybe have the option if they're lucky, but not all do. All Mm -hmm. our movies, all our media, and a lot of family history or family training is is taught that relationships with the opposite sex um, are what our priority should be instead of searching for that inner development. Mm, I didn't have that chance. I'm just learning a little bit later. And I'm lucky that I get to teach the kids to do that now. Yeah. And, you know, I will say this, like, I, I don't think anything is too late at all. You know, you are exactly where you should be. And I love what you just said earlier about like, I can't, I can't make a bad choice. And I love that about it, you know, because oftentimes as, as a human being, we like kind of like, like going back our life and like, oh, shoot, I made a wrong choice. And like, how do you know it's a bad choice? You know, like, what do you know? One thing I believe 100% for sure is that, you know, you know what you know, and I know you did the best choice in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Choice for yourself. So I don't think anyone did a bad choice for themselves. It's just, yeah. And, you know, how do you like uh, honor yourself, you know, like honor your decision, whatever you made? I think it's also like going back to like, how do you trust yourself so you can really trust with your decision, whatever you're making, knowing that that's the best, best choice. But I love really like what you just say, like, I can make a bad choice. I love that. So if you can elaborate on that, and I love it, because again, I really want people to understand, like, no one really can make a bad choice. And no one really can make also a mistake. It's only you're only learning, you know, it's only always going to be a lesson for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you go through life and you're right. You make decisions as you go through them with the information that you have at the time. And honestly, with who you are at the time, the maturity level you are at the time. And for me, you know, I I got married at 17. I got divorced in my mid twenties and I was a single mom with chronic health issues. I had a bunch of debt after the divorce. I was struggling because I was a stay-at-home mom with only high school. I didn't go to college because of the chronic health issues, because of um, I 
was very religious when I was young. And I believe that being a stay at home mom was the best path for my, my family. So I didn't work. I, I did volunteer work, but that was it. So when I was divorced and in my mid twenties with only a high school education, I didn't have a lot to offer. I had to build my career from scratch with just working hard and networking and building relationships. Mm-hmm. So those were a lot of life lessons that I had to learn. And some of them I had to learn the hard way that networking may not always be drinks after work and, you know, things like that. You have to kind of live and learn those lessons. And I wasn't learning them at 19 or 20. I was learning them a little bit older. And I I learned not to get married again Um, because I did. I got married a couple years after my first divorce. I did get married for love. I was all swept up in it. But I also got married because I felt pressured. I felt pressured to not have mommy's boyfriend um, Mm -hmm. and that I had to be um, a certain family picture because not necessarily of my personal inside of my heart and soul beliefs, but because of the outside pressure that I felt because of my religious upbringing and things like that and of what other people thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't do my due diligence and I'm, I made a bad choice. I knew that going into it and I didn't trust my gut. And I spent a lot of time in that marriage because I'm loyal and that's what you do. And I made a commitment Mm -hmm. and I, again, I didn't make a mistake. I tried my hardest. I committed to something. I saw it through and I learned a lot about myself in that marriage. And I honestly learned a lot about my upbringing and why I made the decisions that I did and why I wouldn't be making those decisions anymore. Mm-hmm. And why I was cutting ties from a lot of my toxic past and why I wasn't that person, not just because of that marriage, but because of my entire programming that I had mm-hmm. and that if I wanted a different life, I needed to change it. Mm-hmm. And it was about my health. It was about my mental health. It was about the choices that I made, the people I surrounded myself with. It was about getting into therapy it was about learning about more about alcoholism and addiction because that's what had been I had been surrounded by my entire life. Mm-hmm. Why was I surrounded by all of this and how can I recognize it so I can get away from it quicker? I went through all of those things so that I could know about it. I could educate myself about it. I could keep my kids away from it and I could help other people know that they're not alone and that they could get away from it. And me being the outspoken, empathetic person that I am, it enables me to help other people have a voice and not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to appreciate it, but me going through all those experiences allows me to have a different view of the world protect myself better, protect my kids better, and hopefully protect other people, help other people know that they don't have to live the life that maybe was laid out for them. Mm -hmm. Just because you grew up in it doesn't mean you have to live it. Does it hurt that I've cut ties from a lot of my family or a lot of my past? Yeah, I, I, I hate that. But am I a healthier, happier person because of it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And 
those are hard lessons that I learned, but if I can keep other people from doing it, then that's what the lesson was for. And those are things that, um, you know, it took me 38 years to learn, but if I can have someone else learn it a little sooner, then it was absolutely worth it because I was strong enough to go through it. Didn't feel like it at the time, but I was. Right. Isn't that amazing? Like, the, especially women are we are like so resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go through anything, you know, we literally can. And it's almost sounded like this therapy and you literally go after like seek for support and you, you know what, I need, I need help. Like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, I, like, I don't know how, but like, you're going to get, get help. And that's when you look for support and seek for help. And that's how you got in therapy. And it seems like, you know, you worked on yourself really well that the fact that you are now living in the present and really talking about leadership and being a role model, right? That's just, that's so amazing. That's very incredible. Like, seriously. And I, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are still in a way. I think the pandemic is also like, I feel like get people like get drunk at home, <laughs> make people to drink every <laughs> night if possible. Like, you know, they get bored and they drink, whatever. So I think the bottom line is, I think, yes, there are a lot of people do drink and they perhaps, um, you know, the people who are surrounded by, maybe they all like to drink as well. So yeah. perhaps thinking, I want to get out of there too. Like I want to, like, I want to living in a healthy relationship right I think I'm sure there are a lot of people are like that so what would you tell them you have to find what's healthy for you and what's comfortable for you for me I am I was never really a big drinker and a lot of that is just because of my health I just can't because it I have migraines it does not affect my body well Um, But I would always try because we live in a social world where everywhere you go, there's alcohol. And so it took me stopping drinking for my health to realize that the social drinking was making me sicker. It also took me, oh, it was making me so sick. And I had no idea that not even just headaches, but it was making like my stomach sick. It was causing my eyes to be puffy. My stomach would be bloated. I had no idea all that was tied to like the glass of wine that I was holding for the entire evening to be a part of a conversation. Wow. But that first three months that I took in December of 2020, what I did was I actually decided to stop dating stopped drinking, stopped eating sugar, stopped eating dairy. I decided to cut out all negativity, everything for those three months. And then I was going to go back to whatever I wanted to, to bring back after that. It was only because the pandemic hit that I continued. And it was also because I had seen such improvement in my own physical health. Now, my, my health before, when I say I have migraines, I know it's a term that a lot of people use. My migraines were so bad that I was getting um, pain blockers by injection at least once a month. I was in the hospital at least twice a year. Um, I was in urgent care almost every other month. And all of this financially was ruining me. As mm. a single mom, like, my debt was insane mm-hmm. because hospitals are not cheap. 
No. And with my migraines, it would cause me to lose my speech, lose my motor control, and it would cause my blood pressure to drop so I would pass out. And when this would happen in public, when I wasn't around someone who was um, used to it, the paramedics would be called. So then I would also have an ambulance bill. So just my health portion was causing my financial portion to go out of balance. And that, I can control the health portion a little bit more than I was. But when the health portion's out of balance, then the finance is out of balance. Well, then now my stress is out of balance because when my finance is out of balance and I can't do the things I want to do with my finances, well, now I'm stressed out about it. And I was catching myself in this vicious circle. And the way I was handling my stress was not healthy. Mm. I was relying on the glass of wine in the evening because that's what we're taught. How do you unwind? Have a glass of wine. Or... (laughs) I was distracting myself with relationships that weren't important, either a friend who had a lot of drama that I would spend the evening talking with. I don't need to hear about unnecessary drama. We like, we don't need to surround ourselves with that. Um, It's kind of like when we spend that evening watching all the negative news, like we got the highlights in 10 minutes. We probably didn't need to spend four hours watching it. It just upsets us. Or I was Dating inappropriate people where relationships weren't going anywhere, but it distracted me. Mm. So I cut all that off for three months. And lo and behold, I had all this energy, all this time, and I was on about half of the meds. So I had all this money in my pocket to spend in other places and put towards all my debt. And All of these things in my life that were out of balance started to come in balance. And I had all this control over my life. And for anybody who's been in a traumatic or uncontrolled childhood or any part of their life, having any sort of control is amazing. And once you realize that you have some sort of control in your your situation, it's addictive because you realize, wow. In 20 minutes that I usually spend on the phone with someone gossiping or talking about drama or watching some sort of program that's violence or just or nothing, I spent reading a personal development book about positivity. I spent watching Brene Brown's uh, TED Talk for the second time about, you know, how about empathy, you know. I started putting all this positivity and good things into my life. And surprisingly, I I say that with such sarcasm because it's really not surprising, but I started putting in good and getting good. And it's just began, it's those leadership qualities that are inherently in us start coming out when you start feeding them. And that's why we named our podcast Leadership Requested because All of us have these leaders that are requested. Everything out there is saying, come on, stand up, be a leader. It's out there. Be a leader. Lead lead your family, lead yourself, lead your work, lead your friends. You just have to do it. And it's the doing it that's the hard part. It's it's the getting up a little bit earlier to, you know, read the book or have the meditation time or go for the walk or whatever you need to do for you. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. Very impressive. Uh, that's like, you know, um, we talked about earlier about the resilience, right? I mean, you are truly a resilient woman because again, like you can still go through anything, right? So like I was even thinking when you're talking about like literally stopped everything for three months, dating and uh, drinking and what else that you mentioned a lot of things. Sugar, sugar, goodness. Sugar's the worst. <laughs> I got to find it out more about that because not that I love sugar, but I do have it, but I don't know how much it, it's affecting me, you know, in my body. I have no idea. Like I would love to learn more about that. Anyway, let's go back to you. Like it must, like you mentioned, like it must be really hard for you, but you are such a resilient woman. And like you like go through that, like, you know, you had had the patience to like not doing anything and everything. That's so amazing. So my question is like how people kind of start with just the, at least the one thing, you know, you also mentioned about this, like um, we call it actually buffering. Like, you know, people, when people get, um, get down, like they, you know, just drink and they, that's how they buffer or just watch Netflix or, you know, or just get on the phone with somebody. It's just a buffering, you know, uh, we like to do that because we just kind of like seeking when we get upset or when we get frustrated, we just, you know, we, we look kind of like a human brain is trying to look for pleasure when we get upset, like always seek for pleasure, like, you know, like instant gratification. We want to make ourselves feel better in the moment. <laughs> We yeah. think that's gonna. We think that that's gonna solve the problem. It, it's really not gonna solve the problem, unfortunately. But you know, that's kind of like what we know, right? And that's how we usually do. It. And now it becomes really bad habit, and it's really hard to break it. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It's one of those things. I think, especially as women, when it comes to relationships. Too, by the way, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's so bad. All, you know, with, we do it with certain things and I think everybody has their vice and maybe there's multiple vices. Uh -huh. um, with me, it tends to either be, it used to be relationships. I think in these days and times we have uh, apps for everything. Yeah. And I used to be on dating apps and what I found I was doing is I would be bored. And so I would scroll. <laughs> You're, uh, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for, you know, my future husband or anything like that, but I was bored. And I deleted all of them because I realized that what I was looking for wasn't going to be found that way. And I had to stop it. I had to delete it all. I had to stop because maybe what you're, for some people, that's going to be fine because that's what they're looking for. But I had to stop and really think about what am I trying to accomplish? Again, it has to go back to what do you want and what are you trying to accomplish? And is that the best way to accomplish it? Mm -hmm. And it's just like with your food choices. For me, what my health needs and what my goals are and what I'm trying to accomplish isn't going to be accomplished by my favorite things. I'm a very tiny person. I'm five feet tall. I'm very slight in figure. No one usually guesses this, but I am a junk food junkie. And prior to my whole three month of stopping all the sugar and everything else, I can live on junk food and soda. I would buy a giant box of soda 
it would live in my fridge. I can order out for every meal. I'm a pro at it. And especially if I'm having a bad day, a stressful day, my coworkers all knew if I had a bad day, I would go get KFC in my car and eat it in my car. That's when you know I've had a terrible, terrible day. Hmm. None of those things are going to help me be healthy or better because it's all been proven. It's all written. And every doctor will tell you soda and fast food are not going to help someone who has migraines or any sort of health issue. So what am I trying to accomplish by eating those things? I'm trying to get rid of the negative feelings that I'm feeling in that moment. So I had to really look at why I was doing what I was doing and then okay, now I know why I'm doing it. So do I just proceed with doing, okay, I know I'm doing it because I feel crappy. Do I deal with the feelings or do I just smother them like I've been doing for the past, you know, at that point it was 37 years. And I just came to the realization that I was never going to make it to 38 years if I continued the way I was going. I was either going to not make it because of my health or I was not going to make it because of my mental health. And so I had kids relying on me. And quite honestly, 37 going because of my health or mental health was not a way that I wanted to go out. So it was time to make a decision. Were my feelings going to determine my path or did I need to start owning up to whatever was causing it. And it's not comfortable. It's not easy. And it's not pretty. Dealing with your feelings is gross. It's, it's not fun at all. And it's uncomfortable. And those first three months, I had to deal with some really gross things that I didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to face the fact that I was dating to entertain myself. That's not, that's not a good look. Like, Nobody wants to come to that realization and hold that ugly mirror up. But when you realize what you're doing and why you're doing it, you start to make better choices. And you honestly, I've had some better conversations with the people that I was having relationships with. And I've been able to talk to them and say, you know, this wasn't the greatest thing. I'm sorry if I wasn't communicating the best way. I've had to have really authentic conversations. And honestly, the relationships are better the friendships are better and they're more real. And I would rather be living a real authentic life that's healthier than maybe one that wasn't the healthiest for me. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Like I was thinking in my head, I even talk about that too on my Instagram live. I was like, you know, um, I used to drink literally almost every night like telling myself I do deserve to have a glass of wine just because I worked for it today I should deserve and seriously what I was doing is just again like you mentioned like I was scared to like you know uh, feeling the feeling and I thought that the wine is gonna help me to feel better about myself you know not every day is gonna be like you know rainbows and butterflies you know it's you know there's days like I just I had a bad day. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. human. We always have that, right? And regardless, again, it becomes like a more like a habit for me. Like I'm like, oh, around like six, seven, like I like start drinking, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like you mentioned, like, uh, I guess like I was also like avoiding to feeling the feelings. And 
um, I had an amazing coach who helped me that and told me one time, yes, and as a human, we're really scared of feeling the feelings, especially this uncomfortable feelings. It's just really hard and we just don't go there and we don't feel it. And we just look for something distract us make us feel better right away you know we do that often but like she told me this one time like each go like the feelings this uncomfortable feelings are actually harmless the emotions are harmless i'm like oh, that was like the my that my like momentum right there oh really like i didn't like i don't know for some reason like i thought it's gonna kill me or for some reason and like, as soon as she said that, I was like, had this momentum and, oh, it's okay to feel a feeling. It's not going to kill me. I'm not going to die just because I'm going to feel the feeling. And especially a lot of us, like an entrepreneurs are so scared of feeling of rejection and failure. Or mm-hmm. even in a dating world, it's just so, it's hard. But like, I go through it like nowadays. Yeah. And that's what it, really what I want to tell people about that too. Like, you know, don't worry about too much, you know feel the feeling and it's okay instead of eating a junk food or or mm-hmm. drinking or netflix you know a lot of us doing a lot of bad habits like porn sex whatever so like mm-hmm. a lot of us do that so just trying to make us feel better it's not really going to solve the problem that's the thing about it right and so glad you realized that and it's so amazing so we're about to end and so my last question that I have, I love asking this question. So what legacy do you want to leave this world? The legacy that I really want to leave is that no matter what you're born into, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, you can change it. Mm-hmm. You can change your response to it. You can change how you're reacting to it. You can change your mindset to it you trust your gut, be honest to yourself and figure out what your path is going to be. You don't have to be dictated by anything else. Just set your eyes on the prize and figure out what you want. I was going to say, and I believe your legacy is your, your children, right? They really are. Um, I try and not put too, too much pressure on them to um, feel like they have to do anything for me or because of me, but they are each so unique and they're each figuring themselves out and doing what they want to do. And Mm. honestly, I find them inspirational. I love that they are both just their own individual person and they're both discovering who they are and what they want to do. And I am so excited to go along the ride with them. Yeah. It's, I think it's because of you, right? (laughs) I'd like to think I had a little bit of a a hand in it at least. And I hope that I can just be a good mom to them and a good source of comfort and guidance. Yeah. Love it. And I wanted to actually kind of a little bit of talk about this being in the control of your own life. I mean, you mentioned about that. I think that's what I also like I'm aiming for it. I'm working through it. You know, like I'm not perfect. Sometimes I get dependent on something, which, you know, I am if not, like I'm, I'm aware of that. And I love you. You mentioned about it. It's just, you mentioned that it feels so good to be in control of your own life. And I love that. And that's also like what I truly want for everyone. And because it's really, truly possible for everyone. 
Yeah, I think finding, you know, what works for you. Right now, my daughter and I are navigating the college um, situation for her. And that's a good example of finding what works for you. For some people, that's going to be, um, you know, going to a university. For some people, that's going to be online. For some people, that's going to be financial aid and student loans. For some people, that's going to be working. Like, Find what works for you. You don't have to do what your parents want. You don't have to do what your friends did. You can do whatever you want. And you have to do what works for you because you're the one who is living the life. And I think it's so easy to get swept up in what you're taught or what everyone wants you to do. I know for me, I have always lived under the pressure of what everyone else needs and wants and it took me a long time to try and figure out what Jen wants and I try and let my kids figure out what they want to do and what works for them um, Mm -hmm. while still offering guidance and every parent you know it's so hard to do that and just figure it out and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to be flexible the pandemic has taught us all that but (laughs) get out there and make chances. The worst you can do is fail and everybody fails. You just pick yourself up, dust yourself off and try something else. And um, that's life. But just find your, find your people. It doesn't have to be your blood family. You can find your family too, but do what makes you happy because um, life's too short to be doing something that makes you unhappy. So. Wow. Thank you. Wow, that was beautiful. You're such a very insightful and I do notice you're so amazing, so mature. Um, I love that. I love your energy and thank you so much being here on my podcast and where people can find you. Um, We have our podcast, Leadership Requested. It streams just about anywhere, so you can look it up there. We're also at leadershiprequested.com. You can find out all about us there. Awesome, well, thank you again, Jen. Thank you so much for having us on. Of course.